0: Hi, right. greetings everybody. This is Christopher Messina coming at you from the Messy Times Studios on a rainy day in Florida, the last free state in America. I am joined <laughs> in the studios today, twentieth of June, twenty twenty-three, by Connor Matthews, a professional MMA fighter uh, and a recently separated combat controller from the U.S. Air Force. Connor, thanks so, so much for taking the time to come on.
1: My pleasure. Uh, I'm up here up in the Northeast, where we, you know, we started off the country. You know. Getting our freedom, but uh probably the first one to give it up up here. <laughs> what happened? Really? I mean,
0: Massachusetts, right? Yeah. It seemed like the birth of liberty, man. I mean, we I retraced the steps of of April, uh, 1775, hour by hour.
1: You know, I don't know we're far away from that tea party stage, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a shame. Maybe maybe we could diagnose it. You're you're in the belly of the beast, behind enemy lines. So maybe you have any thoughts of, on what went awry
1: with freedom in New England? <laughs> uh, I yeah, I don't know what we're gonna do about this. It's been a, uh, it's, it's been a complete change, so especially for me. I got out in 2019, so that was right before the pandemic, and just seeing the, you know, the change in, you know, just people and culture, really. What what has came down to is the change in culture now from mm. then to from now. It's been a, a you know. Different. It's been really weird. It's been uh, interesting to get used to. Um, just even from for me as a martial artist, I teach classes and now, so I'm dealing with the general population a lot, kids, and just seeing the way they come up compared to the way I came up. Huh. Uh, it's, just, it's just 180 degrees out, man. So, you know, it takes some getting used to for sure. Wow. And so you, you grew up in Massachusetts, where you're from originally? Yeah. Yep. Born and raised, fall over Massachusetts. So uh, South coast, Massachusetts, about 45 minutes away from the city of Boston. So um, grew up on the coast out here. So, um, you know, I, it's been always been, I love it out here. We had, I feel like Massachusetts when I growing up, we kind of had this uh, blue collar mentality. Yeah. I think so. You know what I mean? Out around surrounding the city. So um, uh, that was my culture growing up. It was that blue collar. And now I feel like, you know, um, I lived out in Seattle when I was in the military, and I stationed, and I see that culture kind of transferring to any kind of uh, liberal city across the country. Yeah. So it's kind of just kind of seeing that everywhere. I don't think we're that bad yet, but uh, I see, I see, I see where where it's coming from. Coming from there to here, I'm starting to see some similarities.
0: Ooh, that's rough. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned this pandemic. We in Florida heard about this thing you all had. <laughs> Apparently. There was someone got the sniffles and people were concerned anyway? So, uh, didn't yeah, not just really, uh, whatsoever, uh, but you know, less less facetiously. So, you, you grew up in Massachusetts, um, and you were looking around as what to do next, and so you were drawn to the Air Force, I gather.
1: Yeah, so, um, my, so actually, my, my father's a uh, college professor. And in um, a lawyer, so he's big into education. So when I uh, first got out, of, I, and I, my original whole plan was to be play hockey in college. That was my initial goal. So I was I was a very competitive hockey player growing up. Played mm. uh, junior hockey, and um, you know I, I I my last game in my senior year, um, you know somebody dumped the puck, went down to the corner, went to go hit a kid. The kid tripped. I fell over the kid, and I blew out my shoulder. So mm. it kind of ruined my whole hockey. Uh, plans and dreams, or at least set back for a little while. And in the mm-hmm. meantime, instead of uh, instead of like going back to hockey, I found myself going into martial arts gyms, just give me something to do. And I fell in love with this sport of mixed martial arts. I've always been a lifetime martial artist, but this is when MMA started to become like a big thing. You had the Chuck Liddells, the you know the big names, and the UFC really was starting to become a thing. And I kind of right. fell in love with the sport got real competitive uh started fighting for two years after i graduated high school um and it was awesome but my dad started getting on to me and being like all right man what are you doing with your life you're not you're not going to be just fighting you know what i mean doing this and uh you know living living in my living in the basement you know what are you going to do so um i started going out i initially i looked at uh, navy seal um it looked like a really cool job but um I went into the recruiter. They started pushing push, like not really giving me the job that I actually wanted. You know, they wanted me to sign me up and like, Oh yeah, you could cross train to be a Navy seal. And I know one thing about like the military, which I'm a big supporter of, but you know, if you ma- let people make decisions for you, you're going to get put into a job where you don't want to be. Um, okay. So I walked across the hall, talked to the air force recruiter. They told me about this job called pararescue and combat control. Um, and, you know, told me the standards are, I was already in really good shape. So, um, as you know, it's a lot of it's being in shape, being the, having the mental capability to be able to do the job. I passed the ASVAP test, and I just you mm. know kind of went all in. It changed almost all this, all this uh, attention I put into training for MMA, and I just put it into training to be a combat controller, and uh, that's how I found the job, man. I, I had no idea really what a combat controller did when I went in. I just saw the, the I saw they jumped out of planes, they scuba dive, they blow shit up every once in a while, shoot some guns. It looks cool to me, so I signed up in a way. That's awesome.
0: It. right there are people that pay for that recreationally on the weekends
1: (laughs) exactly exactly you get
0: get paid to do it how good is that (laughs) exactly that's right it's funny you you say just uh i do a lot with the combat control foundation i've spent a lot of time uh in parts of the world where the military were my favorite best friends and as as a uh uh, quasi retiring um uh, one-star general uh, tank commander i was helping him kind of decide so we had been in about 20 years and he was deciding about kind of leaving and going into the private sector, getting a job. But like, he was 44. He, he started his career at 24 out of college. You know, I think they did Rotzi and, and he, he became a tank commander. He's like nowhere else in the world. Are they going to let me drive tanks through buildings and blow shit up? In a <laughs> 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 They're
1: nope. just not going to let me do that. <laughs> nope. I know. And, And that—that was the one thing about being a combat controller. It doesn't really transfer to the uh, civilian uh, life too much. You're not calling in airstrikes as a civilian too much. Sadly,
0: if you look (laughs) at some of the the state of some (laughs) run dilapidated cities, that might be the most. They talk about how expensive it is to level areas of blight. I don't know. (laughs) Sounds like. What four or five bombs from twenty thousand feet? Anyway, yes. without with suggesting we <laughs> bomb the United States, I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm talking about urban renewal. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, far less facetiously, what was the, what was it that you found? You know, you kind of you get, I don't know, stumbled into is the right word, but we described it, like as you Final got, one. that's fair enough. And some of the best decisions in life happened. Kind yeah. of right yeah. What 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 was it about um, the qualification process? Which always it, it it ends up every year with like twelve to fifteen percent of people who try make it. Yeah. What did you see were the characteristics of those people who made it? Because presumably eighty five percent of the guys that start this process are also insanely fit and motivated. Like what difference yes. is it?
1: No, so I would definitely say I, I saw a lot of uh, physical studs like college athletes that you know went into the job when I and when I was in basic training I was a twenty uh, year old kid so when i was looking over to these guys who were like you know actually i literally had olympic athletes in my my basic training and i'm like oh my god i'm i'm, I'm as i'm looking at these guys and i'm like I, i'm in trouble here i mm-hmm. I, I don't think i prepared enough for this but what it really does come down to is the individual and their mentality of never quitting and, and it sounds like very cliche and, and and you know everybody says that oh it have this never quit quit. but that's really what it comes down to is people that can Whatever it is in their head and when they get challenges, instead of letting the overwhelm and the anxiety is just to buckle down, focusing on and the, the, the task at hand and accomplishing taking think one one task at a time and just moving on. One task at a time, accomplish this task and not letting the big picture of, you know, it took for me it took two and a half years. The big picture of getting my bray two and a half years. It it's taking things one one day at a time. Sometimes it's taking getting yourself to lunch and then getting yourself to dinner and waking up and doing that again. I think that was the biggest difference between me and somebody who quit. I mean, people like people who quit. I, I saw people quit for before they even got into the pool. I remember one day and I was in selection. The, the cadre he came up on the bus and he and he and he goes, "All right, guys, today is going to be a really really hard day in the pool." He's like, "If you're going to quit, today's the day to do it." Half the bus stood up. Got off the bus and walked off. Wow. So that just shows. Just to say like we didn't even physically do anything. Well, they didn't have to It was right. a psychological thing. So right. it's all psychological. That's the biggest thing. And um, they'll find they'll find something for everybody, including me. What freaks you out? Some people it's the water. Some people it's the CS gas. Some people it's the long run. Some people it's the not sleeping. They'll find something that for everybody that's really gonna stress you and put you to your um. And then the they'll end of the- push on that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They'll find it. they'll push on it. And then, you know, it's either you break or or you just have this mentality that you're never going to break and never going to quit. And at the end of the day, those are the guys that I want with me to go into battle. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. let a guy that, you know, just have a mental breakdown in the middle of a situation where my life's at hand and our teammates' lives are at hand. So I think it's a very necessary amount of stress. And I think a lot more people should put this kind of stress on them to make them better and stronger in, in society. So um, I, I would say that I went into the career looking to be a badass or whatever it is, you know, good school guy stuff, but I, I, I stayed in the, within the career because the men that were in that job and how um, just, you know, they're a step above everybody else, just the mentality, the way they, the way they live their life, just, it's like I can meet any combat controller on any given day and we have something like, I just, for instance me and you went down there we did that uh that uh admissions day uh, at the uh, the Lackland Air Force Base yep. and I met a whole bunch of combat controllers that I never met before but we were already cut from the same cloth as soon as I meet them I talked to them it's like oh we we we're on the same page so there's definitely something tried and true when they're developing us that's there's something that they figured out and uh it's definitely special
0: that's awesome uh, and I I try to convey too um a lot of civilians who have no no contact with the military in any way, no family members, no professional uh, uh, interaction at all and try to convey like the, the the severely qualitative difference of what the American military strives to achieve over and against say the Russian military, which is buck privates and officers, officers disdain the grunts and the results show it. I mean, they've sustained more casualties in Ukraine Getting picked off by grandmas with with World War II rifles, then they did in Afghanistan. Yeah. So yeah. there's you know the numbers don't matter. No, they don't. Uh And it was fascinating to watch uh, uh, the the pool work, especially right I, for a lot of folks. See that's where they wash out. One of one of our mutual friends, Kyle, who. Um had a long career uh, in combat control and he, he laughed. he's a funny guy. he's a very competent guy a huge amount of respect for him. but he 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 jokes he says that you know he came from a part of the country where he didn't grow up in the ocean. It wasn't like he grew up in New York or Massachusetts like was familiar with the water and he got to the pool edge and he was so terrified he forgot the, he forgot the words I quit so he jumped in <laughs> 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 but I thought it was beautiful. Yes, trying to convey to people what what the training looked like. We were at this day uh, a couple weeks ago and 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 kind of watching Kaja go through. And in the pool work, right, even for those people who swim, it was fascinating because the first saw the commanders told me, today we're going to practice drowning, which I love. Uh, but it's all about, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, swimming is one thing, swimming in bad conditions is another, swimming in yep. a world where people are trying to kill you is an entirely different thing, right? The sharks yeah. are the least to your worries. Um, yeah. And watching... Watching them force, as you say, you control you focus on each task and you control that panic because everyone, every human, we are not water creatures and I grew up in the water, I'm comfortable in the water. I remember the first time I suffered like drowning panic. yeah and it is overwhelming, right? So to have someone there put it holding his hand on your breathing tube, pushing you underwater, that was like it was really impressive to watch then there's clearly a method to the madness, right? Because if you can't control your panic, you're going to be useless to your teammates. And that's what they're winnowing out.
1: Thousand percent. And and it's transferable outside of the pool. Like for me as a professional fighter. Now, I think that's my, it's my superpower is like, um, I, cause I fought before I went to the military and I fought after I got to the military. And I remember my fights before I joined the, uh, the military, I remember it was like, uh, looking through a straws anyway, I, there, there was just me and the guy, I saw nothing around and it was a fight or flight, just panic. And yes, I was fighting for here my life, but it, was, but it was tunnel vision fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I could. I didn't remember what happened in the fight after I got out of the fight. I had no idea. I'm like, I just, just something happened and I came back on the other right. side and I was here. Yeah, did I reality. win? <laughs> exactly exactly um and now vice versa is that on the outside i see how calm and relaxed I, I can listen to my corner i can hear people in the crowd i can just take that step back stay calm and and control my nerves and perform and do the task mm-hmm. at hand and what i need to do so i mean and i i, I contribute that back to the, the the water con sessions really is when you know when they're drowning you i think that's the number one there's one thing you need to live right what do you need the most is air and they yeah. take that away from you and now 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 try to stay calm in those situations. I'm a huge believer in it. So um yeah, it's definitely it was definitely I'm so pri- happy that I you know, I stumbled into I don't I mean, I'm not really like you know, I'm not one of these people that say like things happen for a reason, but for me, for what I'm doing right now, it seemed like the things I did without even planning it happened for a reason to make me the person I am today. Sure. And how many years were you active? I was there uh, 6 years. This so is- two and a half of those were training because i did take a wash back and at dive school and i took a wash back at uh atc so i got hurt halfway uh i went home did some jiu-jitsu with my old friends like uh, you know what i mean on leave and i blew out my knee which yeah. was stupid so that sent, <laughs> it sent me back so i had to finish the second portion of the of the pipeline with like i didn't really have time if you wash back too many classes you kind of you get you're, you're done you know what i mean right. and i'm making it so i kind of had to like hurry up to get myself back together i think nowadays the way i've seen them doing training i think i would have been just fine with all their new the new technologies they put into the recovery and those in the facilities i mean i'm i i understand it and i love it you know it was a lot different the way we went through they kind of just like shut up and you know just deal with this (laughs) exactly and now they're being a lot smarter about it um just because you know it, you know, they, it, they spend a lot of money invested into training these guys up, but you don't want these guys to, you know, get hurt yeah. when they could be great operators, but, they, you know, they're, they're getting broken going through the pipeline. So I understand what they're doing now. But, um, back when I went there, it wasn't really like that.
0: <laughs> it's a little more country club now. And it was fascinating yes. to watch, right? Again, from a taxpayer's perspective, right? We're spending yes. all this money. And, uh, we actually had, had a discussion about this with a, uh, uh, with Ken, the psychiatrist I, I invited along on the, on the, the, um, on the weekend, right? So he's been a psychiatrist, diplomat for military, for state department, for intelligence agencies. And we touched on this, that part of the paradox is we're creating super warriors out of driven individuals who by definition are driven, right? And their default mode is suck it up, right? And so, so even when they need help, there's also the paradox if you ask for help, that might put you on a list for your commanding officers like well is he ready for the mission right so you've got this weird dynamic yeah. of objectively we want to make sure that everyone's perfectly fit and if an injury occurs right and so we've got that entire structure now of doctors and yeah. but there's still this this lingering notion of good god they've got tempur ma- mattresses what the hell yeah, i know <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is funny, but like that mentality you're talking about does follow on to later on in, in their careers where I see there is a takeaway from it, is you know, guys, I mean, they when they're struggling with mental issues of going, you know, I know kids six, seven, eight back-to-back deployments, you know what I mean? So then they don't have time to recover and decompress and take those things into their brain and ask for help because they don't want to get put on the list where they said, Hey, we're not able to push out and you go on the mission. Our our whole thing is put the mission before yourself. So that's what yeah. we as, as drilled into is, and, and that's why we are as good as we are. And it's a necessary skill, but at the same, at that cost, there's a definitely, it comes at a cost. I mean, putting the mission first when you're not mentally right. And you're not, you know, after eight deployments and, you know, decompressing decomp- like, of this, people have these mental issues and then, you know, they end up taking their own life or, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's terrible, but, it, it's 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 a hard situation it's a hard line to find where you know what kind of people do we want Do we don't want people that are gonna ask for help all the time and they're not maybe not as mentally strong or do we want these guys that never want any help and they're are mentally strong but you know they ha- they're gonna have the mental scars and from later on so it's yeah. definitely a, a hard uh you know line to it's define. a hard line the best the best sort of answer i ever
0: heard to that was a um Colonel uh who was at SOCOM. So he oversaw a lot of different special operations deployments. And his comment was: every single one of my guys is is a thoroughbred prone to prone to action who wants to go. Yeah. My job, like and like someone who's training horses for the preakness stakes, is to know when they need to rest. Because yeah. they're never gonna ask for rest, ever. Yes. yes. I have to enforce rest. And it was, it was a yes. fascinating comment because that's how he bridged it. So this is what the hierarchy of command is for. I've got Spot. guys who will do nothing but be deployed, come back, take a shower, and want to go again. And he's like, I I have to tell them not to. And, and Maybe that's that's the balancing act because you yourself aren't going to make the decision.
1: It's that's the and that's it. I, I totally agree with you. And I see that from now as, as, a, as a coach, as martial arts coaches. I want the guys in the gym that I have to kick them out of the gym and be like, hey, you can't come in today because they, you know, they right. show up every day. Exactly. Exactly. So I, 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 that, that's hundred percent. That is, that is the right mentality. They're, they're the ones that need to be fixing that. So, you know, I think, I think nowadays we are seeing a lot of different things using plant medicine and other, other reasons for guys who are coming back to, you know, to fix these problems. And, yeah. and, and I think there's a, a lot more awareness than we have had in any point of our history of, um of our country. You know, oh, for sure. being and I know that
0: it's 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 sitting from the on the sitting from the position of the combat control foundation and also knowing how other board members and other related foundations look at things. I mean, that's part of our whole goal, right? Is how do we make sure that you know those who have chosen this and who have sacrificed an enormous amount for our nation get what, exactly what they need, right? And that, yeah. that, that I have found fascinating looking at this from Just a statistical standpoint, all the military branches and UK, Israel, many have poured untold millions of dollars into research and they still have very little predictability. You get incoming class of 100s. You said you're looking at Olympic athletes coming into your cohort. Yeah. And predicting not only who's going to make it, which they are not very good at guessing or predicting. And also predicting of a hundred guys go spend the same amount of deployments in the same very difficult environments, see the same very difficult things. They still have no predictability to who's going to basically shrug it off and who's going to be going to need some help and who's going to really, really, really have a problem. And I just yeah. find it amazing that of all that experience, we still have no, no, no good judgment as to guess as to which individual will do what.
1: I, I do agree with that. But the one, and one thing I, I have noticed going through like, if you look at it, it's like 22 veterans kill themselves a day. It's, it's, it's a statistic. Yeah. But if you think about it, there's not not that many veterans see combat. So it's it's interesting to me to see that, you know, and I, I feel like as as a combat controller, I mean, only, only a, a small percentage of us end up killing themselves through suicide and, you know, struggling to that issues. I feel like since they train us up to such a high level, you're going to see less special operations members, you know, hmm succumb to the to the challenges of depression or PTSD or whatever it is, and then give. But you see it broadly across the the military in general. Guys who actually probably didn't get as much combat experiences as taking their lives. So I think that the way that the stress and stuff, all that training they put into us is is keeping us alive and keeping us better, um, comparatively to other conventional style um military members. So that's one thing I I do agree, I do think. However, we since we do see like the brunt of it, I mean, some guys who stay in for 20 years, it, they're they're They are deploying, you know, eight to 10, 12 deployments. That's a lot of deployments. So right. I think those are the ones that are definitely, uh, you know, are more, you know, they're, op- they're, they're, they're ones going to be open to suffering this kind of mental trauma. So, but it's also, we'll the, it's also the type of action.
0: Uh, the yes. Thing running a, howitzer from three miles away and pulling a lever and a shell fires yeah. versus something a lot more up close and personal which is going to be a lot more traumatizing and it's funny right. I, know, I know that everyone I have no judgment on this and i understand the phrase but i i was long ago persuaded to, to drop the t out of pts because yeah. every human being going through combat especially kind of very close combat you're going to get that's post-traumatic stress it's not a disorder the call <laughs> makes it makes it sound right. like wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. No, so you're psychopaths right. Psychopaths and psychopaths have no post traumatic stress because they don't care about people.
1: Yes, that's right. very true. I mean, it, yes, it's not. period.
0: If you go through that, that's it, right? right. I mean, I, it's not even remotely close. But you know, walking away from the twin towers and they fell was very stressful. Do I think it's a
1: disorder? So were you so were you stressful? in you were in New York when the twin towers went down? Yep. Wow.
0: Wow. So, is, 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 again, it's not remotely the same. But if you're if you're involved in a traumatic event, it affects you. I wouldn't call yeah. being affected by that a disorder. I call yes. it normal. But yeah. Anyway. Um. So a- outside of that, so you decided to 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 you know kind of leave the military uh, full time. Were you was it with the focus of like I really I'm really getting back. I want to go straight for MMA, or was it more of a happenstance again?
1: Um, I, I was really, I was really committed on the whole MMA thing. So, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, um, actually, uh, I was, I was in 2017 to 2018 when I was leaving, uh, with kid, uh, Chuck Edwards, who we had uh dinner, dinner with oh, yeah. uh, and, and day, um, they were in there. So, you know that's right when Trump took office. The he, Trump so when we Trump took office, that you know the handcuffs came off. We were allowed to go out and do missions that we've been holding up for the last eight years. Before that, they weren't able to push out and go do. Wow. So you know he let so it was it was kind of a good time to be an operator and and, and do the job. Uh, it was a good time to be over there, but we pushed out and we were doing missions. Um, when I was on my, when I came back from that. Um, I, I was also, I went through a breakup. I lost, I lost a friend, a good friend, uh, George Hernandez. I was kind of in a dark spot. So I started using martial arts. Like I always did to help me cope with, you know, any kind of mental disorders or stress or anything I had, I always use any time in my life. Whenever I was struggling with something, even in high school, if I broke up my girlfriend or something like that, I'll use, I use martial arts to kind of help me with those kind of issues. A lot um, better drinking beer. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. It's you have to be healthy with martial uh, to be to, uh, to train and fight. It, it gives me a goal and something like I can't drink. I can't. I got to eat right. I got to do everything just so I can make weight to train and, and, and to be in my fight. It just keeps my mind really focused. Yeah. And for me as an ADHD kid, I'm all over the place. So I that's something that I've always had to help me uh keep the bumpers and the guy guy rails for me to stay focused on something so i took three fights when i came back um, while i was active duty still in the still in the air force mm. um i told my squadron i was like hey i think i'm thinking i'm gonna be gonna get get out and they're like all right yeah cool so they were really cool about letting me train um i was taking college classes and um i was obviously i was still planning for the future but i i started fighting and some reason i think because of my training i got a lot better way faster than i did in any portion of my life i mean i've been training Mm. martial arts since i was five years old so i've been pretty consistent with it but like i got way better than i've ever been and i think it's just the focus and the in the mental uh all the mental thing i learned through being a combat controller and um so i took my three fights i did pretty well and then uh when i decided to move back to boston i was like all right i think i'm just gonna make a run at this and go go professional Nice. So I did. I went home I, I took my, my first professional fight. I knocked a guy out in seven seconds. And, um, I think, I think I knew so that like, was a I fairly
0: definitive bout. There, there was no, there was no doubt among the judges on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I, think I, like, I think I'm onto something here and I, I'm passionate about it. And I love it. So, um, that's been, that's been my main goal ever since I came back. Um, hmm. Uh, I, I got very really involved with teaching. I, I started, I started a gym. So, um, Pandemic's been was, was pretty pu- tough for the fighting thing. What I did do during the pandemic is I I, I lived on a farm, so um mm-hmm. you're for up here we had these these rules that they, all the gyms closed down. Nobody was allowed to train in, inside. There was gyms getting fined for oh, like exactly. letting people. It was insane. Like so um one of my instruct my uh, my instructor uh, coach Joe Lozon who was a UFC fighter, uh, pretty well known UFC fighter. He let me take his mats and I put them at the farm. So the farm I was staying at does weddings. So, yeah. they have a big pavilion over the wedding. So, open sides, you know. That's great. Air, If air stops COVID, whatever. Uh, but uh, nobody you was didn't have the us. holy plexiglass
0: protecting you? <laughs> yeah. yeah Square in front we, of you with the bank we'd,
1: teller? <laughs> <laughs> we'd fight with just plexiglass in front of us.
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to punch you really I, hard it, in the face,
1: but don't sneeze <laughs> on me. Right. It's, it was silly. So, um, it, it's funny. We all trained all the way through the whole summer and none of us – none of us had any issues at all so um we were yeah it was awesome yeah i mean i end up having like the biggest the biggest training area in new england and massachusetts um guys from all different gyms were coming to my spa and during the summer we were training every single day and it was actually kind of nice for me it was great it was like i was getting that's money from the government we were just training it wasn't like there was no problems we're just living on a farm <laughs> it was that's actually not bad <laughs> the only problem was i wasn't they weren't scheduled. I only fought once during the pandemic, and it was in a again. It was in a tent outside, in like a parking lot, uh, and no fans. So that, for from a career standpoint, it slowed everything down. But uh, it was cool. We got through that, and then after that, I opened up a gym for a little bit at a CrossFit spot. Um, I had half. I had my mats in there, teaching, running kids' program, teaching adults, nice. and um, it's, it's been it was been pretty good. So I've been kind of focused all in on that, and I've been enjoying it.
0: That's awesome. That's huge. And so, so people, so people who are already fans and, and follow the sport know exactly what the schedule is. But for those yeah. of my listeners who sadly are not as up to speed as they should be, shame on you. Where Where do they go? Is they, I'll, I'll put a link down below. But I, I guess there are a bunch of the, the Is it one league you're in, or are there a bunch of different?
1: So- so right now, I'm fighting for Dana White's Contender Series. So uh, last, last summer, I fought for it. So for Dana White's Contender Series, they usually have it, It's just during the summer. It's every Tuesday in the summer, Tuesday nights at like 7 o'clock. Um, they have five fights on the card. And Dana White is it's his promotion. He's the guy who owns or is the president of the UFC. Right. Um, he gives out contracts to be in the league. To be in like so, the UFC is like the uh, NFL, the best, the top of the you know the top of the level. So last year I fought on Dana White's contender series. I had a war on it. It was a great fight. I ended up losing the fight, but it was a great fight, and I learned a lot about myself. And um, so I had that war. I so I'm, I didn't get my contracts. So this summer, uh, in March this year, I fought for Dana White's looking for a fight. It's a different show. I, yeah. I know it gets confused. It's a different show. They stream it on YouTube. Tons of tons of viewership. I fought on that. I was in the main event. I won that fight. So now I got invited to go back again this summer to fight for Dana White's like uh, Dana White's contender series once nice. again. So I'll be fighting in Vegas this summer, and hopefully I get to secure that contract and i pretty good about it i right now i changed up a lot of things since my last year last fight fighting with a fight team called the new england cartel um it's tyson chartier who is the he got coach of the year in 2020 rob font number five bantamweight calvin cater number six uh featherweight in the world so i'm in a really good fight a really good fight team right now fighting with the best guys so i think we're gonna be ready and prepared to go this year and um i'm excited that's awesome. Well, I certainly look forward to at least getting to Vegas to see a fight. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, be all awesome.
0: these are on network t- on network and cable or YouTube. They're all various. E- uh, the ESPN.
1: Yep. All on ESPN.
0: Oh, all ESPN. ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. All right. There we go. Yeah. You ever see the movie Dodgeball where it was ESPN? Oh, yeah. It's my show? favorite. <laughs>
1: if,
0: if, it's, if it's almost a sport, it's on the Ocho. I love that. Um, <laughs> well, that's killer. Uh any sort you know for those for those kids or a listener or anyone who's who's kind of interested in going down this road what what are your thoughts how does you know your 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 basically hyperactive young man or mostly young men but young women want to get into MMA what do they do?
1: If you want to get into MMA the biggest thing I'd go to is go go find your local jujitsu gym. so um their jujitsu is huge now it's spreading across the country so if you guys are interested that's the number one most important thing you need to be a good mma fighter is, is getting in your jiu-jitsu and you find muay thai boxing which are two striking disciplines those are going to help you get into um for anybody who's struggling out there with any kind of mental disorder like i talked i've always used martial arts to help me with anything as any problems of having in my personal mm. life and i feel like a lot of people will find find that i think it's better than going to the gym where you kind of get boring or running you know what i mean uh going learning focusing, and you're getting skills that are going to help you um outside in life to feel you know more confident and secure in yourself and in social environments. so i think that's a huge thing about martial arts and Hmm. it's helped me through my entire life through my military post-military so i recommend that to anybody who has any interested in that
0: oh that's brilliant so it's not merely quote unquote exercise component it is the focus and the structure and it's not just you know you're learning how to do one strike you master that or you master that and then you move on you 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 learn new skills repeatedly and that sort of concentration and focus you find you know what kind of just took took you away put you in the moment made you focus on this right now which kind of shoved everything else off to the side is that a fair way to look at it Exactly.
1: I look at like that way. I look at it. People who it's their first their first time going into a jiu-jitsu class, it's gonna feel like this. It's pretty nerve wracking, and it kind of feels overwhelming. It's like taking somebody who doesn't know how to swim and just throw them in the pool and seeing what happens. That's what that's what you're gonna feel like. I promise you that it's gonna be. It's gonna feel. You're gonna feel pretty deflated and intimidated. But yeah. once you start figuring it out and you and you learn those skills and you learn start learning how to swim, it's gonna be the best thing. This thing for you and it takes a while it takes like three months to six months to even really start being able to play the game so um i re- highly recommend to anybody you know it's going to help you in other areas of your life and just for a
0: quick thought for those people who've done things like studied karate or 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 uh aikido which are kind of much more structured and focused on doing forms kata is it very different than that is jiu-jitsu much more grappling focused and or less yes
1: so jujitsu is very much more grappling it's it's uh so the difference between wrestling wrestling would be grappling as well but you wrestling you're just trying to pin the person on their back so like your whole idea is to strengthen you know i'll strengthen them trick them put them on their back flatten them out Jiu Jitsu is we work from off our back we work from all positions and we're going for submission so a submission would be a choke um a choke a strangle or trying to break somebody's arm or something so or a leg or you know put in attacking the joints and somebody. So that's the difference. So you're learning submissions. I think that thing about jujitsu was designed for a smaller person to take down a bigger person back, back in Brazil in the back there for Brazilian jujitsu. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's good for all people, you know, you'd be surprised what somebody who's, you know, 300 pounds and I, when I'm grappling them, what I can do to them. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely a good skill for anybody, even females, uh, smaller people males older people it's definitely a skill that for everybody it's not just for people who are athletic fighters like myself it's for everybody for everybody and
0: that that was kind of even people who don't know the space very well have have seen that or heard of that famous episode like when uh gracie first he looked like a spider on top of that guy he was huge right he was, it was a mixed yes. fight one of the earliest ones like the 80s right Yes. came at him and the guy was swinging he looked like an idiot and he was just on his back and took him down that the, that, that kind of sparked a lot of people especially smaller stature folks who were like so well, I can do this
1: yes all exactly size. technique it's leverage it's amazing what it can do
0: cool final words of wisdom thoughts something
1: we didn't cover military MMA uh, general
0: People's Republic of Massachusetts Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, make people better better citizens.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think everybody should go out there and challenge themselves to be better citizens. I, I don't think you should if you if you're not challenging yourself on the day on the daily um that's you're, you're not doing the right things you need to every single day you should wake up and you should do something the weather for me like today i got in an ice bath for five minutes because it, it sucks i hate getting in the ice bath but it, you know it's, it's something a small little challenge that i accomplished to get done and i'll feel better after i did it so i think well, whoever's out there is listening to me if it's not fighting it's not running just find something that you have interest in and make it easier but challenge yourself to be a better person. I think it will, it will make you a better person to make you be nicer and better to the people around you.
0: Thank you. And with that, I think I just turned a blueprint for a far more civil society than we have currently. Connor, uh, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Wish you all the best in the fighting career. I uh, Hopefully, uh, I look forward to being ringside to some of that. Uh, and to my normal, uh, usual listeners, please remember to turn off the mainstream media who are lying to you and tune into Missy Times. Thanks so much. My pleasure.